everybody, Jonathan Dorr with you once again. Welcome aboard to the Supply Side Podcast. Thank you for uh, sharing your time here with us. We've had some great early guests in the show so far. Hope you've had a chance to listen to a wonderful interview with Nathan Lewis. And last week, we got some really wonderful insights from Mike Kendall. So make sure you've checked out those first two episodes. Many more fantastic guests to come in the time ahead. As we explore macro, we explore supply side, we explore classical economics. And on that sort of classical theme today, I want to talk to you a little bit about Plutarch. I don't know how often you think about Plutarch. I'm a little bit unusual. I actually, about maybe six months ago, for some reason, I don't know where I bought it, but I got a copy of Plutarch's Roman Lives. And maybe other people are reading, you know, I don't know, J.K. Rowling before they fall asleep. But I tend to go to sleep reading Plutarch's Roman Lives. It's fascinating stuff because his prose is extraordinary. It's just so lucid, so clear, so easy to read. And it's really as if it was written yesterday. His analysis of the great Roman lives, the senators, the emperors, quite extraordinary. So Plutarch, of course, was actually Greek. Uh, He wrote Greek lives, but he's very well known for his Roman lives, was... uh, Spent his time as an ambassador, as a magistrate, and later in his life he even was spent some time as a priest at Delphi or Delphi, depending on how you like to pronounce it. So Plutarch has left us with, I guess, a wonderful snapshot of humanity, of the political system, of political economy, but it's amazing how fresh those insights are. And I think there's a couple of key things that he offers us on the analysis of a supply side and some of the things that we observe happening in our modern political economies. Now, the most obvious one, you may have heard this, it's relatively well known. He famously said that, here's the quote, an imbalance between rich and poor is the oldest and most fatal ailment of all republics. One more time, he said, an imbalance between rich and poor is the oldest and most fatal ailment of all republics. Think of all the things he could have said. Think of all the things that Plutarch might have observed over his life and, uh, of course, studying so deeply the lives of other great historical figures. He could have said, well, you know, the greatest ailment of republics is corruption or the greatest ailment of uh, republics is foreign enemies or... But he brings us to this awareness that the thing that eventually destabilizes the great empires, the great republics, is ultimately this widening gap between rich and poor. And if we look at some of what's happening at the moment in our global political economy, in the macro world, we are definitely seeing that. I mean, the stats that I hear on a daily basis from different things that I tune into are quite extraordinary. That, uh, that gap and, uh, of course, many implications for what that means in terms of social instability. But another great quote from Plutarch, which kind of relates to this gap between white and poor and some of the issues that we're seeing, was used actually by Ronald Reagan in his incredibly well-known 1964 speech, A Time for Choosing. Now, he quoted Plutarch directly in this speech, and he says here, Plutarch warned... The real destroyer of the liberties of the people is he who spreads among them bounties, donations, and benefits. You love that? The real destroyer of the liberties of the people is he who spreads among them bounties, donations, and benefits. At its most basic level, what he's alluding to is that the more free stuff we tend to throw around the place, 
then we create obvious disincentives for people to work. And even deeper than that, the deeper kind of ontological question is about the importance, the nobility, the, I guess, my background sort of in philosophical anthropology. So are there things that are inherent to personhood? And is work one of those things that is inherently important in the human journey? So that if we create a culture where people are disincentivized from meaningful work, then we create, I mean, as Plutarch says here, you know, we create the, we destroy the liberties of the people by sending among them or spreading among them bounties, donations and benefits. So the more free stuff that is given out to the wider populace, rather than encouraging them to take, you know, all forms of personal responsibility and we find that it destabilizes our society. And if we think of the huge amounts of QE, stimulus, the amount of stuff that's spinning around the place at the moment, a lot of talk about UBI, universal basic income. Here in Australia where I'm recording, there's been you know, huge payouts, different systems here. We've had a job keeper system, a job seeker system, and uh, people. some people have been very supportive of it. But the impact on the national balance sheet has been utterly unprecedented. So I want to talk a little bit about that quote, you know, the real destroyer of the liberties of the people is he who spreads among them bounties, donations, and benefits. Now, I want to bring you back to Nathan Lewis's book here, The Magic Formula, and this is on page four in the uh, when he's introducing the, the four-word magic formula, which is simply low taxes and stable money. And something about this really struck me when I first read it. Nathan was kind of saying that the more that we structure a culture around these classical economic lines, the magic formula of low taxes and stable money, a certain moral tone begins to pervade society. I really struck me. I was quite interested. In, and I'm going to read you a little bit of what Nathan had to say here. And I really hope you'll get yourself a copy of the magic formula because it's, it's just such an important book. But he says this, this is page four. When it is easier for the ambitious to gain wealth and status from productive enterprise in the private economy then through various forms of predation and plunder of others, commonly involving government coercion and corruption, then government corruption and predation become uncommon and relatively easier to isolate and punish when they do occur. A moral tone pervades society. High investment creates a high demand for labor, lower unemployment, less dependency on welfare programs, stronger families, rising wages, better workplace conditions, and in general prevents the spread of communistic and socialistic ideologies of all sorts. Governments are popular and thus stable. Abundant tax revenues fund a powerful military. Defense of the successful state becomes a moral imperative. The country becomes unconquerable. Now listen to what he says next. When a country doesn't have the magic formula, which we know is low taxes and stable money, all these processes work in reverse. So I'm trying to link this here to what Plutarch had to say about when governments get in the business of uh, unhelpfully manipulating the political economy, what happens? He says, high taxes in themselves are a form of confiscation of private property. Property. Inevitably, any everyone acts to avoid these taxes one way or another. And I'll jump down to this last line here where he says, Governments attempt to placate the urban poor with welfare programs, but this costs money, which must then be confiscated from the remaining productive classes. 
So let's link that, right? So Plutarch says, The real destroyer of the liberties of the people is he who spreads among them bounties, donations, and benefits. Now that was written in the first century. Now listen to what Nathan says here. Governments attempt to placate the urban poor with welfare programs, but this costs money, which then must be confiscated from the remaining productive classes. So I'd be interested for you, for anybody to post some stuff in the comments here, because I'm just interested in your thoughts on this. As Now I'm the first to say that there needs to be an appropriate safety net. It's something we can all agree on. There's often a critique of supply side or classical economics that people are indifferent to, to human suffering or the suffering of the poor. We just need to let the rich get richer and everything will trickle down. Now that's obviously that's not what we are advocating. There's definitely a need for a safety net for people who, through genuinely no fault of their own, injury, incapacity, other forms of misadventure and tragedy, need the support of you know, all of us in some form. Right? We all need to make some viable contribution to the well-being of those who cannot provide for themselves. But what Plutarch is saying and what Nathan's alluding to is that when governments get in the business of creating huge welfare programs and creating a dependent class. I mean, obviously the thing about the dependent class is it just keeps voting for whoever's, you know, turning on the tap, right? So our, our political economy, our, our democratic systems are undermined because people are simply voting for the government that's going to provide them with the greatest amount of largesse. So... That's all I wanted to talk about in this episode was to share with you that insight from Plutarch that as we create a huge dependent class, as we print more money and throw it around like it's Christmas, what are the implications for that on the moral and the social aspects of our society? I'm interested in that question. So I think Plutarch is smarter than me. So when I read those quotes... And I read Nathan's wisdom and his research is extraordinary. I think these are very important things that are not being considered. I just, you know, now with, with having children of my own, I, I sort of really seep, seek to inculcate the ideas of work and entrepreneurship and, uh, you know, those great ideals that, for example, you know, many of the founding fathers of the United States, the ideas around thrift and effort and work and one of my favorite words, sweat equity. Is that a word? It's a phrase. It's a conjunction. So sweat equity, the actual hard work that's done to bring meaningful goods and services into the world. All right, that's it from me. It's a short little thought-provoking episode. Uh, hopefully we'll have the comments section up here on the website at supplysidepartners.com. So if you're listening to this on the website or you'd like to leave a comment, come across to supplysidepartners.com. Go to the episodes page. You'll find this episode on Plutarch and maybe let's have a conversation about what people think on these sorts of topics. Uh, please, wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you listen, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, just type in The Supply Side or Supply Side Podcast with Jonathan Doyle. You're going to find me there. We're going to put some stuff up up on YouTube soon as well. And, uh, yeah, reach out. If you want to email me personally, you can find me at uh, jonathan at supplysidepartners.com. But that's it for this episode, my friends. That's it for Life on the Supply Side. Stay tuned. We're going to have some more great guests. My name is Jonathan Doyle. This has been the Supply Side Podcast. And I'll have another episode for you very soon.